Hey there! You're listening to Make New Friends, a weekly podcast about the trials and tribulations found in the realm of friendship. We're your hosts, Mary Aikman and Sienna Mooney. Let's make new friends! Woo! Welcome back, my people. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Welcome to Illyria. Welcome, 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 welcome. Nope. What's that from? It's from She's the Man. <laughs> oh my gosh. I knew I knew it. I knew I knew it. <laughs> Another great movie about friendship. Seriously. I mean, maybe that'll show up in a future episode. Who knows? But this knows? week, we're going to talk a little bit about friendship over space and time. And basically, we're not saying like, oh, Doctor Who, friendship. You can interpret it that way, but we're, we're definitely talking about long-term friendships, friendships that happen ages ago and just seem to keep coming on back to you. Mary, what do you think constitutes a long-term friendship? I mean, I always want to quantify them, so I'm going to say someone who you've been friends with for 10 years or more. Okay. In, like, our lifespan, I feel like if we were older, that space would get bigger yeah but as a person who's 25 I think about 10 years is probably that's a that's half your life almost so yeah I mean I feel like 10 years I would say also like maybe like eight or nine it really also if you are like pushing for a friendship to be constituted as long term you might think that your friendship is a little deeper and therefore more worthy of like this friend means a lot they're a long-term friend of mine. So I think, you know, eight to ten years minimum, uh, usually okay. pretty standard. Uh, we're not long-term friends, but we do keep in touch. Not by our definition, though. No, definitely not. <laughs> so um, just wanted to, like, clarify, I guess. Like, we're talking about the friendships that you made when you were essentially, like, a totally different person. Yeah. And you go through different stages of your life. And for me, I would say that long-term friendships, like I just said, developed when you were a different person. And these friendships are different to your average one because – you always end up touching back with the person and kind of catching up and they're usually around for those big life events like birthdays, weddings, births in general. I guess if you're (laughs) um, older, maybe you've had a kid or they've had a kid Um, through the hard times, the good times, and also just kind of like the hanging out times, nothing special going on. But I think that the difference between like just a best friend and like a long-term friend is that the long-term friend kind of comes in and out of your life. They're not always by your side. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will like as a, I guess a disclaimer, say that some of the people who I consider long-term friends are an also sort of family, but actually not. People who are like, say, my parents, godchildren, or cousins of my cousins, but they're not my cousins, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. So it's like, I can define them as family. They are family. Like, I would consider them family. But, like, on a, like, friendship level, like, there's no real reason that we have to keep coming back to each other, you yeah. know? It's not like the family keeps us together. Um, But it's the act of calling each other family that does in a way. But it's not like my mom is like, you have to see this person because it's Christmas, you know? Right. (laughs) You're making that active choice to continue the friendship and keep those uh, communication lines open. Exactly. So when we tell our stories or whatever, um, I'll come back to that. Okay. That's interesting. I'm trying to see if I have any, like you said, long-term friendships that are like related sort of through family, but not. And I don't really think so. I think that the only like... 
Example I would maybe have would be my husband's family, like his cousins. But at the same time, I'm not especially close with any of them. So I don't think it really, it really counts. And plus, I've only been in the picture for five years. So cool. All right, let's move on. So <laughs> you're halfway there. Halfway. Another five and we can re-record this episode. Um, <laughs> but Mary, you have a lot of experience with long-term friendships right outside of like your cousins yes. and stuff i would say probably about five ish five people, people that i would really consider like lifelong friends like i can't imagine something catastrophic would have to happen if i was not friends with these people in like 10 years you know another 10 years like what would happen to push you guys apart like do you think you're just like unshakable and that's the thing is like i don't even know i guess the only difference would be distance right and either of us or both of us deciding not to pursue communication um whether that's because we're too busy or because we actively decide to. That's the only reason I can think because most of these people no longer live where I live. So those are already factors that we're playing into our relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it doesn't worry me at this moment in time, but a couple of us are still single and like in our early career. So it's not like there's a lot of stuff to keep us busy a lot like a family for instance <laughs> right but then I do have friends who are like married so yeah so I mean and that definitely puts some distance just naturally in friendships right so one thing that uh I was just thinking of while you were talking about essentially the space between your friendships that's kind of new it seems like like you guys have always kind of been in the same sort of place and now everyone's a little more spread apart maybe a lot more spread apart but um it reminded me a lot of the sisterhood of the traveling pants oh yeah that's funny yeah like I feel like that's a good example of a group of friends very close-knit but ended up having to be more long distance long term in terms of their communication and whatnot you know if you're not familiar uh, they all split up over the summer and they have this pair of magical jeans that they send to each other when they need a little bit of extra help. <laughs> and it's amazing because the jeans fit all four of the girls. <laughs> anyway. Well, that actually reminds <laughs> me because um, a couple of the people that I would consider like long-term, lifelong friends are people who, calling back to our camp episode, but people who I know from camp, that when we were in camp, we called each other the Lala Sisterhood after the Yaya Sisterhood. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the Yaya Sisterhood is another book that's about like friendship and yeah. growing up and like, being adults and a lot of different things. That's kind of a more adult book version of the Sisterhood <laughs> of the Traveling Pants. But we called each other the La La Sisterhood. Oh my gosh. And we were like really into that. I have like a photo album on my Facebook that is just called like La La or something. Wow. <laughs> anyway, it's funny that you bring that up because some of those people I would definitely consider in my like group of lifelong friends that I've known forever. That is really funny. So... Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you could guess, like, I don't think that I have any lifelong friends. I have a few friends that, like, we don't really keep in touch, but, you know, we think of each other fondly. So I guess that's my version of a lifelong friend. Um, it's just sort of like, no hard feelings, you know, we're each doing our thing and we check in with each other on, like, social media occasionally. But yeah, I don't have any that, like, we make plans to meet up and go do something or we say like, oh, let's have a Skype call and catch up and, you know, what are you up to? It's just kind of like every now and again, 
You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I saw that you did this thing on Instagram. What have you been up to? So it's very casual for me. You and your friends, do you guys ever like schedule times to get together and go out, catch up, whatever? Well, most of these people, except for one, don't live where I live. So Mm. no, not really. I mean, I haven't actually visited any of them at their new place of living. And that's not because I don't want to. It's because I can't afford to. Right. Because like one of them lives in St. Louis. So one of them lives in Birmingham. And it's just like a lot to have to wrangle around having like multiple jobs and crazy, you know, life stuff. Right. But whenever they're in town, which their families still live here. So I still see them. We all always meet up whether that's like a really quick like let's get dinner that I just did with my friend Allison um when she was here I think it was like a random stopover she did for a wedding of her friend or something and we just like really quickly got Cheesecake Factory but it was like really good and like nice to catch up and stuff because I hadn't seen her since her wedding so it was like oh wow and we like didn't even realize it we were like wait have we not seen each other since then? Yeah, that happens so often. Like, you just don't even realize that years have gone by or, you know, maybe a year at least. Like, it happens so quickly. And I had a similar instance with a wedding we went to with my husband's friends from university. The last time we had seen them was the summer before. It's crazy because, like, we've been doing stuff and I'm sure they've been doing stuff, but our stuff didn't really cross over and overlap. But it was great to be able to pick up where we left off the last time we saw each other. Right. And kind of just like fill in those missing pieces. I think those are important friendships that it's good to keep around because if you can go that distance in space and you can still pick up and it not be awkward or like, yeah, you fill each other in with like new stuff, but it's not like you sit across from each other at a table and are like, oh, what are we talking about next? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like awkward. It's not like you're trying to make a new friend. You're just kind of like refreshing the friendship and just feeding in some Mm -hmm. Additional information and it can really strengthen those bonds between you and your friend. I will say that you asked me earlier about big things that would kind of tear my relationships apart. One of them, like with Allison in particular, I could tell like for a while that we had like a little bit of a weird spot happening with us because of political things. Ah. Because we used to be very, very similar in our politics. And that was something that was like a part of our friendship. Mm -hmm. And then we went to different schools and she definitely stayed a little bit more um, conservative than I did. And if you know me at all, I kind of like went from zero to like 360 like I am nowhere near where I was politically in like high school which is when I knew Allison from that's where we met and so for a while there was like some there was just like I could tell it was like a little weird like around her marriage time like obviously the last time we saw her like some like you know toughness but then when we saw each other last we talked a little bit about like current issues and it didn't seem to be as bad which was good whether that means that like I got more tolerant or she got more tolerant Mm. who even knows really but that is definitely something for me personally that would like be an issue yeah but pretty much all of my long-term friends are on my political side so it's not I don't think that would really come into play either. Yeah. I think that stuff like that can make or break a friendship in any stage. You know, like 
uh, those sorts of differences that um, can be really hard to accept in another person. They can be really tricky to work with, uh, but sometimes having that space to forget about things or just kind of lower any tempers or bad feelings, it can help with strengthening the relationship, if that makes sense. Like just giving some space to see where the other person's coming from and just be like, okay, let bygones be bygones or whatever. So I want to ask you, and hopefully this isn't too like personal, I guess, but why do you think that you don't have more lifelong, long-term friendships? Well, that sounds like something my therapist would ask me. Seriously. <laughs> just talk to me. Don't pay for the therapist. Just talk to me. Well, I don't have to because the NHS <laughs> oh, right, right, right. is free. So You don't live in this crappy country. By the way, happy 4th of July. <laughs> Woo, we're recording this on 4th of July. It will not be 4th of July when you hear this. Yeah, it'll be August. So um, happy August. Yeah. <laughs> but in answer to your question, I think one of the main reasons reasons why I don't have many long-standing friendships any longer is because over the last few years like I've lost so many friends by moving to a new country and basically just being in a different stage of my life than a lot of my peers and sometimes it's hard to see eye to eye with someone when you're not in the same place as them either in your life or like physically in the same city so it can be difficult from my perspective to grasp what my friends are up to and get a sense of like who they are as people or what sort of difficulties they may have because I'm in a totally different country experiencing a lot of changes all at once and so that really affected all of my friendships and essentially reduced them to zero. So uh, I think that that could just be it. They just kind of ended because we were all in different parts of our lives. Some of them ended more fiery than others, but as for any other long-term friendships that just kind of ended, I think it's just like either something happened or we moved on and didn't keep those connections open. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, when you have such a a life-changing event, it's not going to like go perfectly and things aren't going to remain exactly the same. But it sucks that like things like friendships are the sacrifices that kind of came along with moving or what have you, you know? Definitely. And I think that's like a thing that we all should remember. Like you never know what's going to happen. Like I'm sitting here saying like, oh, I can't really think of anything that would break these friendships apart. But like you just don't know. The good thing about my friendships is that most of them aren't connected to each other. Like they're singular people from singular parts of my life. Mm-hmm. So there's not like there could be some weird like domino effect. Conspiracy. Or yeah, like if these two friends are fighting and I have to like pick one, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it, it that's kind of good for me. And I think it's also good that people live like in different areas because like I know I'd want to get like we talked about the poaching episode. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't any worry about putting my two friends together and then like I'm forgotten because yeah. they're like best friends. <laughs> I feel like you've got a, a, a diversified portfolio of friendships. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I do. I mean, I, a lot of them are from like the same time or the same space, but... But now that we've all kind of grown up into our own people and our own worlds, it's no longer like yeah. incestuous friendships, as they say. Yeah, no, I've had tons <laughs> of those. But um, I was, just had the realization that I think I have far more long-term acquaintances. Like maybe we used to be good friends, but now it's like 
we are just friendly, but we definitely don't talk the way that we used to or anything like that. So right, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, sorry, go on. Were you no, I, I was just gonna be like, I'm not weird. I just don't have any super close friends at the moment. <laughs> just putting that out there. <laughs> Well, I was going to agree with you about the acquaintance part. Although for me, I think most of my acquaintances aren't what we would define as long-term yet. So most of those people that I would put into that bracket are from YouTube time, which is about seven years old. It's not quite at that like nine, 10 year limit yet. But I know, I know for sure that like there'll be people like my friend Marina that I will still talk to in like four years. And I would consider her a friend, but I would lump all that group as an acquaintance group now because the relationships have been so just on the internet that it's like, Oh, I guess I'm just having a hard time defining them as long-term, mm-hmm. lifelong friendships when the foundation of the friendship has, like, been so not fluid. I, for, I don't know what the right word is. Not as, like, solid foundational. Yeah. And when we talked about this in the last episode, like, how meeting people in person and, like, having that interaction in person can, like, make or break it. And it's kind of needed eventually. Um, And though I've met many of these people in person, they've only been, like, I think for some of them, it's only been, like, three times ever. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, over a three-day weekend. And that's, like, <laughs> eh, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, a lot can happen over that three-day weekend, you know? Sometimes you bury your soul and you come back weeping because you miss your new best friend. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I did a country accent, but I think it, it was fitting. <laughs> at the time. It's always fitting. What are you talking about? I mean, we're from the South, so clearly. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, I think that we should uh, take a little break. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Okay, we're gonna take a quick little break, and when we get back, we're gonna talk about how to maintain those lifelong friendships. Hey guys, it's Sienna. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of Make New Friends. This week on the blog, we have a guest blog post by Tyler May. Tyler's post is all about turning internet friends into real life friends, and it ties in really nicely with last week's episode about internet friendships. Go figure. So make sure you guys check that out. Um, As you guys know by now, we don't pay to advertise the podcast. So if you like what we're doing here at Make New Friends, then make sure you spread that good, good word. You know what I'm talking about. Tell your coworkers, your classmates, or heck, even just shout it from the roof tops whatever tickles your fancy um another way you can also show your support for the podcast is by leaving us a review on itunes which not only helps the podcast but it also makes it easier for other people to find out about make new friends too so it's really it's it's a win-win let's be honest um okay that's all i have for you this week the next episode will be out on august 16th back to the episode We're going to get on to my favorite part of every episode. Mary's favorite part. Research and <laughs> academic studies. Except most of these today are just psychology today, which is like still reputable, but not as like high strung as like some random Harvard study, you know? Yeah. Well, I will say when I was um looking for research on lifelong friendships or long-term friendships, I didn't have much luck with like research studies, but I didn't try very hard. But... I think that the Psychology Today article seemed like the best one. So that's mainly what we're going to be pulling from. But yeah, let's talk about how to maintain lifelong friendships. Mary, I think that you should start us off since I've kind of written down what I think is how you maintain lifelong friendships. Um, I want to know if you agree. 
if you think that these are um, accurate. Um, so the first one is honesty. Relationships built on false buildups or phony facades are only as good as their foundation. Superficial relationships often fizzle over time. To achieve a solid friendship, you have to be honest with each other. I think that's like totally true for any relationship, obviously, but mm-hmm. you're not going to have a long-term friendship if you like lie about some aspect of your life like in year two and then all of a sudden in year five, like the lie comes up again and they're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You lied. Like if you're just <laughs> like, oh, my mother died when I was four, but your mom is still there and you just decided to lie about that to make yourself more interesting. Like <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, are you okay? Second of all. Yeah. Do you need help we're here for you you can send us an email and we'll be happy to help what's our email (laughs) Uh, our email is you can wait till the end for it so gotta listen to the whole episode guys yeah i I agree i think that honesty is the best policy as they say um that's a popular quote that i made up copyright (laughs) sienna mooney 2017 (laughs) but yeah i do think that like all of my best and long-lasting friendships have been founded through honesty. Sure, there have been times like when, you know, maybe you're not so honest, but like on the whole, you've got to trust the other person and they've got to trust you. Two-way street. Right. I know that when I was in university, and I would still consider this person long-term, lifelong friend, but we lived together for a while and there was some weird instances I don't want to go in too much detail into, but like... It was, like, pretty clear that she lied. Mm -hmm. And it was really petty stuff. And that almost annoys me more than, like, some big life-changing lie, you know? It's like, if you're willing to, like, do these little lies all the time, like, you're clearly not putting much worth into, like, our relationship or, Mm -hmm. like, even yourself. Why? Why? Like, if you just don't lie about this, like, nothing would change. Why are you doing this, you know? Yes, yes. I totally agree. And I have a similar instance with a best friend of mine who it wasn't a lie but just kind of like a fib or like a white lie I want to say it was more like they knowingly withheld information and waited until the last minute to tell me um, that they couldn't come to my wedding when I was counting on them so it's better to be upfront and honest with stuff like that you know like if you know you can't make it somewhere and your friend is counting on you to be there Tell them as soon as you know you can't and that will help so much and I think it won't damage your friendship as much as waiting and putting it off because then you could be putting your friend in a bad position. So the second step is to work together to repair problems as they arise and don't leave problems to fester. So basically that just means like when you make a mistake, you should apologize for it. So let's say that you did lie, you did withhold information from your friend. You want to make sure that your friend understands your intention and that it wasn't to hurt them or punish them or anything like that and explain where you went wrong and be really genuine about saying sorry and make sure that they know you mean you're sorry. Also, don't be afraid to be the one who reaches out because we've all either been a part of or known pairs of friends who stopped speaking for months because neither person would come forward to admit fault. And I think that that's a sign of a true friendship is being able to reach out and apologize, make those amends, and be able to bounce back from it too and not just hold grudges. I'm known for holding grudges. I will admit (laughs) that. So don't be like me in that sense. I may feel like grudges are warranted, but if you want a long-term friendship, you have to be willing to make 
those compromises and forgive and forget and move on with the friendship. For me, I've never been good at being like the first to reach out Mm -hmm. when there's an issue. Yeah. You know, it's not my fault. This is their fault. They should be the one to reach out and fix the problem. But like most of the time, it's like everyone in their situation's fault. And I feel like you just feel better about yourself when you reach out first because you're like, okay, I've like, I'm moving to be a better person. Hopefully they can like meet me in the middle. And sometimes that doesn't work. But um, most of the times, if they're going to be a friendship that you have forever or a strong friendship, you usually can figure it out. Even if it is sort of like a temporary figuring out and it doesn't end up working out at the end, at least like you are able to fix that one issue and you learn from it and you can take it on to another experience later. Yeah, for sure. And something that I try to practice a lot and I'm really grateful when my friends do, uh, when they have a problem with me and they bring it up to me or bring it to my attention, I am quick to apologize, especially if I had no idea that I was hurting them or if I did something wrong. I feel that I'd rather be friends with them than be stubborn. You know, I'd rather maintain our friendship and I don't think it's worth like being always right. I I do like being right, but I don't think that it's worth (laughs) throwing a friendship away. You know, it's not that hard to just apologize and mean it. If you mean it, then it shouldn't be hard. Right. So the next piece of advice is to make time and show appreciation. You definitely have to make time to keep sharing about who you are now and developing new memories together, not just looking through old scrapbooks or photo albums. So, and that's a direct quote from a person named Jaeger from a Huffington Post article on best friends. But also, um, the first two comments we talked about were from the Psychology Today, just to cite our sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys can follow along if you've got our website open. You can see all our references. Um, yeah, I think this one is, I feel, pretty crucial to maintenance of a long-term friendship. Like, you have to make the time to get together, whether that's, like, on the phone through an email a text whatever and just like say hey what are you up to do you want to get together do you want to chat blah 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 but the point that Jaeger is making is that you've got to have fun like sharing and being an emotional support is pivotal for a friendship but you also have to have fun and laugh at each other's jokes and enjoy life together and I think that's a very nice reminder because with Facebook and everything these days a lot of friendships seem like good enough like your friends on Facebook so that's it yeah we're friends for life and that's not the case like you've <laughs> got to go do stuff together so and I think that can be kind of hard too in some instances because it's the same point from before like well why am I always the one to reach out mm-hmm. why don't they ever reach out I'm just not going to reach out until they reach out yeah you know? yeah I'm totally like that I get you <laughs> that's always been an issue for me I felt like I was always the one like saying let's go do this or let's get coffee and it, there was always some like oh I can't I can't I can't or I have this to do I can't do this uh, because right. I have cheer practice or something you know mm-hmm. something that's like to what extent do I just stop You know, Mm -hmm. when have I reached out enough times that it's clear that they don't want to put as much effort as I do into maintaining this friendship? And that's always something to look out for. So if you are trying to maintain like a friendship that you've had for a really long time and that person isn't reciprocating, um, it may be time to step back and analyze why you're trying to keep the friendship if they're not showing any kind of meeting in the middle on the issue. Yeah, I agree. I think that's pretty solid advice for every friendship as well. You know, if it feels unbalanced, maybe take a second to look at it from a different perspective. 
And that goes nicely with the fourth step, which is to alter your expectations and don't make assumptions. And this is also from the Huffington Post article, which is Five Secrets of People with Lifelong Friends. Yeah, that's the title, not Best Friends. (laughs) I was just looking at the link. It's like, oh, that must be the title. (laughs) Um, But it says, don't put pressure on the friendship to be all the things to them at all stages in their lives. And someone named Levine says they recognize that no one friend can fulfill all your needs and you may indeed need a tribe. So basically, the person you met when you were in diapers isn't always going to be the first person you're going to call up for an in-depth conversation about, say, a work problem. Um, And that's okay because maybe they give you other things. Maybe they're your hiking buddy or maybe you guys play video games every Tuesday. So really, it's okay to just kind of take a step back, see where you're at. You don't always have to have the same friend for everything. You know, sometimes that can put a lot of pressure on the friendship to have each other be so codependent, I guess. And definitely making assumptions can really, really hurt the friendship from my experience. It's just like assuming that the other person, like let's say they didn't invite you to something and just like assuming that they hate you, they don't want to be your friend. Like that's silly and you should probably talk to them or maybe just like take a step back and give yourself some time, cool down and then, you know, do something to get it off your mind. Assumptions play into the like key component of any kind of relationship, which is just communication. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not communicating how you feel, what you want to do, like what your, I don't know, goals for the friendship are or whatever, you know, that people are going to start making assumptions. That's just how we are. Like we want a reason. And if we don't have a reason, we make it up. Yeah. And sometimes (laughs) from the opposite side, maybe my friend who, let's say, didn't invite me somewhere, maybe they thought that I was just too busy or I wouldn't enjoy hanging out in that environment and so they assumed I just wouldn't be interested and therefore didn't invite me so you know no one's right no one's wrong it's just communication gotta communicate and also don't assume so much So our final point is to show compassion over cynicism. Mm -hmm. Compassion keeps us vulnerable instead of tough and guarded or seeing the world through a negative lens. So uh, another study, this one out of the University of California, reported that toddlers as young as the age of two get joy from seeing others be helped. And that's just so, that's so pure. I know, isn't that cute? I read that and I was like, wow, I had no idea that it makes such a huge impact on kids at a very young age. I think that that, if anything, shows how important compassion is, you know? And it makes me think of like my niece. I'm like, oh, I need to start showing compassion more (laughs) around her so that she can grow up to be a compassionate kid. I guess it kind of makes sense if you think about it. Like, Mm. obviously, if you grow up seeing a certain kind of behavior, you're going to think that behavior is normal which I think is another thing to think about like you may be lifelong friends with someone or friends with them for a really long time but you may not know their whole story Mm -hmm. and you may not know things that impact them every day that they just haven't chosen to share with you or they choose to keep to themselves from everyone right and how those things can maybe affect the way they treat others or the relationships that they have with others yeah and like I think it's good for if you want to be this person's friend to eventually find those things out so you could help them them like work through it because like yeah no one wants to work through that kind of stuff alone and it also helps your understanding and it I think is kind of a chain reaction to the rest of the steps 
Right. You know, like it helps with assuming things. Maybe you don't assume incorrectly <laughs> or uh, <laughs> you're able to be more honest because there are less barriers between you, stuff like that. So I do think that that's an interesting and important point to bring up about basically understanding where your friend is coming from because at the end of the day, we all have different lives and we all grow up differently to each other. Sure, you know, we're similar in many aspects, but it is important to note that everyone has their own experiences and um, it, it shapes who you are. So just be sensitive to that. Cool. Do you have anything else you want to add? I wanted to add that altruism is one of my favorite words. I don't know why, but it is. <laughs> is it from uh, your sorority days? No. Why? Why did you think that? Isn't that... Oh my gosh, I'm going to sound so dumb if I'm wrong. But don't like sororities have like altruistic goals? I mean, yeah. No, they definitely do. But it's not like... <laughs> that's not why it's one of my favorite words. Okay, okay. Well, most sororities have like a... a philanthropic goal maybe that's what you're thinking also a really great word everyone <laughs> but no altruism it's, it's sort of a difficult word to define um it's pretty much compassion as we were talking about it but let me find like a good definition really quickly um i'll just take the one from google thanks google um the belief in or practice of disinterested and selfless concern for the well-being of others so essentially that means like you care for others without any kind of, you don't get anything in return. It's just because you care for others. Mm. Out of the goodness of your heart. Yeah, exactly. And it's a term that's used a lot in like reference to um, like policymaking and uh, genocide and mm. things like that. Like how altruism plays into um, acts of war and genocide and like really bad things. It's like how do we stop these things from happening? Right. Well, altruism is one of the like responses to stopping those mm. things. I have a book called Altruism and it's really good. Anyway. <laughs> I'm glad you shared that because I, I learned a new thing today and I feel like altruism is the way to go. You know, like everyone could do with a little more altruism. Am I using the word correctly? Altruism? Yeah. And that was a little bit of a tangent, but hopefully it, it does pair back into it ties the idea in. of friendship, obviously. Yeah. I would say say that most friendships are in essence altruistic or they should be like that would be the like ideal of a friendship that you are like selflessly someone's friend not yeah. because of what they're giving to you but because what you want to help them and give to them yeah it's probably not like that in real life but like ideally that's how it should be <laughs> yeah I mean sure there are tons of friendships out there that are unevenly balanced and someone's getting something out of it while the other person's not or maybe they're both getting something out of it like Maybe they just need someone to go clubbing with and that's all, you know, like, yeah, I think that really, though, at the end of the day, those true long lasting friendships, they should be selfless and you're giving a part of yourself and you're not expecting to get anything in return. You just want to have a friend and be a friend. I don't know. Am, am I making sense? Who knows? I think we should wrap it up here before I spiral <laughs> out of control. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, well. Thanks for listening to Make New Friends. Do you have a story about friendship you'd like to share? Email us at makenewfriendspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at newfriendspod. Special thanks to our producer, Alex Papworth, and music by Max Wallace. For show notes, research, blog posts, and more, head on over to makenewfriendspodcast.com and we'll see you next week. Woo! Bye! Bye, guys!
Bye.